number three in our Bibles tonight. I've been blessed by your singing tonight. Thank you for being a blessing. And I'll tell you that last song, if you really think about it, we don't think too much probably about taking our last breath. I've been at the bedside of individuals that um, have taken their last breath or are close to. And um, it's amazing that as Christians, when we die, we're going to see Jesus. And when you think about it, his smile will be the first to welcome me. For us, death is, is a difficult thing, and uh, we don't like to say goodbye. And by the way, I'll tell you about this crazy idea I had uh, sometime. We don't have a lot of time here tonight, you know, to kind of liven up, you know, my funeral. Uh, I thought about just doing it, you know, push the DVD, live, you know, do my own funeral. Kind of would be funny, I think, assign seats to people and say, hey, Scott, it's good to see you there, you know. And Anyway, <laughs> crazy idea. Sometimes we have crazy Any of you have crazy ideas? I think it would liven it up a little bit. It might be the funniest thing. You know, I just have a good sense of humor. Uh, but, but from our perspective, we don't think about someone seeing Jesus for the first time. They come to heaven, and there he is with his arms open. His smile will be the first to welcome him. What a day that will be. We'll sing that tonight, as, uh, or it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. We'll sing that tonight as we think about the Lord's Supper. But when you really concentrate on the words of some of these songs, uh, I tell you, you can find encouragement in your heart. And um, so Ruth chapter number three here uh, tonight, we're going to just preach a little message here. Uh, this is one of those uh, what I call accordion-type messages. You can shrink it or grow it a little bit. We're going to shrink it a little because we had some favorites. Um, I want to preach a message, really, that I've just entitled Following uh, the Right Instructions. Um, in Ruth 3, it's been some time since we've been here. Um, we ended uh, chapter 2. Ruth comes back from gleaning, and she's got all this, these, uh, this grain from a short time of gleaning. And Naomi... Uh, realizes that God was doing something. And uh, she realizes that God was in this. And the chapter, uh, chapter 3, starts with her uh, realizing that um, maybe this was the possibility of Ruth and Boaz uh, to get married. Verse 1, Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee? that it may be well with thee. Now, obviously, seeking rest isn't, uh, you need to take a nap, all right? Maybe you sought rest this afternoon, and if you did and got it, wonderful. Um, but the rest here has to do with marriage. Uh, it has to do with, one commentator said, for a woman, it signified the condition of a peaceful life and well-desired condition being married. So hear that, men? Um, your wife should be having a peaceful life and a well-desired uh, condition in your care. And you see, that's Old Testament. Well, yeah, it kind of is. So, all right. <laughs> I do want you to remember that Ruth put herself under the authority of Naomi. Uh, she chose her God, and she chose to be under Naomi's authority. And, uh, and she's given some instruction uh, that I want us to see here. We'll continue this message next week, but I want to give you three thoughts here tonight. Let's read verse number two through five, 
And then we'll have prayer and we'll look at this instruction. Verse 2, And now is not Boaz of our kindred, with whose maidens thou was? Behold, he winnoweth barley tonight in the threshing floor. Wash thyself therefore, and anoint thee, and put thy raiment upon thee, and get thee down to the floor, and make not thyself known unto the man, until he shall have done eating and drinking. And it shall be, when he lieth down, that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie, and thou shalt go in and uncover his feet, and lay thee down, and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. And she said unto her, All that thou sayest unto me, I will do. And we'll actually look at that verse as we look at practiced instruction next week. We'll use that to enter into really what Ruth did. But it's interesting. She said, all that thou sayest, I will do. She was willing to follow the instruction of Naomi, who was more experienced and knew what she was talking about when it came to this matter of Ruth and Boaz getting together. So let's have prayer, and then we'll look at this instruction. Lord, we love you again tonight. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for this story. I pray that you would help us, Lord, as we look at this story. Uh, help us to respond as you would have and to, to follow the instructions that you give us. And Lord, we know that as you bless Ruth, you'll bless us as we uh, follow your lead in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Number one, I want you to see it was proper instruction. It was proper instruction. In verse number two, Naomi calls attention to Boaz, and she says, Is not Boaz of our kindred? Now, you might think that Boaz, uh, the word used here, is kinsman redeemer, which is a word that's used in, in, in the future. It's not that word here. Basically, what she's saying is, is this. We know Boaz. Both of us are familiar with Boaz. We know Boaz, and having gotten to know Boaz, we know that Boaz is somebody that demonstrated character. He was an individual that demonstrated character. How did Ruth know that? She knew that by his treatment of Ruth. She also knew that by her interactions with the ladies that she gleaned with as well. And I want to stop and say it is important for us to remember that character is absolutely very extremely important. Character. Uh, we need to be men and women of character. We need to do right because God tells us to do right. There's a lot of pressure in society now to do wrong. There's a lot of pressure in society to fudge the truth. There's a lot of pressure sometimes in society to walk the edge, if you would, when it comes to the matter of ethics. Stephen and I were talking this week about ethics and a class he had to take uh, when it comes to ethics and deciding what you'll do and what you won't do. And I think it's important for us to remember a, a, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Uh, the dictionary defines character as the mental and moral qualities distinctive in an individual. Listen to some of these quotes concerning the importance of character. Charles Spurgeon said this, A good character is the best tombstone. Those who loved you and were helped by you will remember you. Carve your name on hearts, not marble, is what he said. D.L. Moody said this, If I take care of my character, my reputation will take care of itself. Uh, someone else said, No man can climb beyond the limitations of his own character. Dr. Bob Jones Sr. said, The test of a man's character is what it takes to stop him. The test of your character, he said, is what you would do if no one, if no one would ever know. 
what you would do if you knew no one would ever know. J.C. Watts said, character is doing what's right when nobody's looking. Uh, Someone said, sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. And in looking at Boaz, both Ruth and Naomi came to the conclusion that he was a man of character. Not only was he the proper person, but it was the proper timing as we look concerning this proper instruction. In verse number two of our text, she says this, Behold, he winnoweth barley tonight in the, in the threshing floor. Uh, the last stage of the threshing of grain was this time. During the harvest time, Boaz had showed interest in Ruth, in caring for Ruth, and it was time now for Ruth, if she was going to to make a move, and we'll look at that in just a minute, it was time for her uh, to do what she was going to do. And uh, the, the harvest time was a happy time. It was a time where Boaz would be less stressed, if you would, and they would rejoice in what they were able to gather. Naomi recognized it was time to move forward. Secondly, I want you to see this. Not only was it proper instruction, it was practical instruction. Look at verse number three. Wash thyself therefore. Huh. Go wash yourself. Why was she to wash herself? Again, she's going to see Boaz. It is important that she take care of herself, that she kind of look nice and smell nice, and uh, she, she present herself in a proper way. And, uh, you know, it's important for us as we think concerning this. It is important for us to take care of ourselves. Whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Uh, don't just take pride. A lot of some people take pride and say, "Well, this is me, and I'm going to come as I as I am." We need to take care of ourselves. Bob Jones Jr. must have said this. I was a student there for four years, and he often uh, would make make mention of this in chapel. I probably heard it a half a dozen times. He would address the ladies, and he'd say, "Ladies, you know, if the barn needs painting, you gotta paint it." And uh, us guys would just chuckle a little bit, but there's nothing wrong with that. It's important to comb your hair, brush your teeth, right, and uh, have proper hygiene. I think that's really important, and uh, we need not forget that. Number two, when it comes to practical instruction, put thy, actually look at the verse, verse three, wash thyself therefore and anoint thee and put thy raiment upon thee. Now, I don't want you to think, as we look at this passage, that she didn't have clothes on, get, get some clothes on. No. The idea was this. Ruth, we're getting you down here to go see Boaz, and you need to put on the right attire. This attire here isn't the proper attire for this occasion, and so you need to put on the right attire. It is important for us to recognize that clothing, and I'm just, we'll just kind of touch a few of these things as we go. Clothing is a language. You might say, well, I don't think it is. You know, the only people that don't think clothing is a language are Christian people that want to wear whatever they want to wear. The unsaved world will tell you that. You communicate. Many of your fashion designers, by the way, ladies, many of the fashion designers of your clothes are men. Interesting. 
many of the fashion designers will tell you you are communicate or you communicate by what you wear. And it's important for us to realize, you know, it's funny because the only, the only people in the world that think music is amoral are Christian people. The unsaved people will tell you, yes, music is a language as well. And we can get you to do certain things by playing types of music, but not Christian people. Because we, ah, it's amoral, it doesn't make a difference. Oh, it does make a difference. Why? Because Christian people sometimes want to listen to what they want to listen to. And so they have to justify it somehow, some way. Um, We could say a lot here, but I don't think we need to. Uh, I'm amazed sometimes that the fashions, though, they come times through sloppy attire. You ever go into the store um, and you see, you know, they sell these jeans that have holes in them? Now, you know, I wonder, I say, hey, uh, do these here, do we get a discount on these jeans? And people say, what do you mean? I say, well, half the material, there's some of the material missing. Uh, Could I get these cheaper? And they look at you like you're nuts. And actually, they're probably more expensive than the ones that don't have holes in them or the ones that, you know, that look like the ones I've had for a year. You know, the jeans are all white, you know, from where. And these are selling them brand new. And you think, huh, I don't get this. But in any event, um, what you wear is important. Ruth, uh, let me give you some instructions here. Uh, You've got to put on the proper attire uh, for this occasion. Let me say this. What if you were going to the White House? Now people say, oh, you know, you talk about, I would hope if you're going to the White House, you'd wear the best thing you have. You say, well, I don't care for the president. It don't matter. You're going to the White House. I mean, you're going there, and you're going to get in there, and you're going to see people. And I would hope um, that you say, hey, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best, uh, right, to represent who I am. And we need to recognize that wherever we go, we represent God. And uh, we want to make sure uh, that we're good advertisements for the God that we serve. And uh, this whole thing, you, you give yourself a big headache uh, trying to understand that people are trying to change from men to women and women to men, and they wear different things, and it's just like, it's a little mind-boggling. But it's where our society is. The God, the small G God of this world, the devil, is trying to run things, and he's got a lot of people blinded. And by the way, Christians are buying into it as well. You don't have to go far to find you Christians are buying into it. And um, in any event, uh, let me give you number three. <laughs> All right, so number three, um, as we look at practical instruction, uh, number three is this matter of right manners. So we've got um, proper uh, dress here. Uh, we've got wash yourself here and get your hygiene right. We've got pro- right manners. Look at number Uh, Verse number three, make not thyself known unto the man until he shall have done eating and drinking. Get down to the floor and you got to wait until the right time that you're supposed to make yourself known. Eating and drinking would indicate a time of celebration. When you get down there, you mingle with the ladies, but you need to respect his activities Don't take away from the celebration. Don't take away from his activities. Wait for them to be over. Exercise proper manners and exercise patience. Boy, have we lost patience in our society. You know, you can be having a conversation with somebody, and you're in the middle of a conversation, and a teen or a young person will just come right on in. And, you know, you're talking to somebody, and they'll just barge right in. Hey, I need, can you do, you know? You look at them and go, whoa, right? 
manners, the right time, the right. And what's she doing? Teaching Ruth manners. By the way, manners are important because manners do what? Manners communicate. Again, they communicate when you have proper manners. When the kids were little, we had this video, and it was the manners family. You remember that, Grace, Sarah, and the meaners family. And uh, the meaners family was a family that didn't, we were trying to teach manners at the table. And believe it or not, I, I, I don't understand this. My kids like the meaners family better than the manners family. <laughs> they loved it when we said, okay, now we're going to, we watched this year video and uh, we're going to have manners and the manners family. Oh, c- c- can we do the meaners family, you know? Okay, we'll act out the meaners family. We went beyond the meaners family. I just want you to know. Daniel had a lot of fun throwing rolls at people. You know what I'm saying? Uh, But manners are important. And Naomi is communicating to Ruth, hey, you got to have manners. All right? So we have instruction here. We've got a proper instruction. We got practical instruction. But I want you to see number three here. This is the last thought we'll have. Next week we'll look at uh, practiced instruction. We'll look at her doing what she was instructed to do. It was number three, purposeful instruction. It was purposeful instruction. Verse four, it shall be when he lieth down that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie and shall go in and uncover his feet and lay thee down and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. Um, Sometimes you read stuff and you have to take a second read. Now let me read this again to make sure I understand that. Because we read in the day in which we live. Now, obviously, what she's being instructed to do was proper. Uh, One commentator mentioned that a very prominent part of marriage ceremony among the Orientals was for the bridegroom to throw the skirt of his robe over his bride. The details were commonly practiced and not considered wrong. And so we have to say, okay, we kind of don't do it this way uh, today. Uh, By the way, uh, in this day, you've got Ruth being a widow. You've got Naomi instructing her. It was Ruth's responsibility to initiate this marriage. And by the way, in Bible times, uh, parents often did a lot more than they do now when it comes to arranging, when it comes to arranging uh, the marriage. Um, But when you look at this, um, you look at these instructions and you ask yourselves this. Again, we're looking at following instructions. So these are purposeful instructions. And uh, I I want you to think with a minute here a little bit concerning her not following these instructions. Well, first of all, uh, let's talk about uncovering uh, the feet there. Uh, Maybe you're here and you like to sleep with your feet outside of the covers. Um, probably most of us like our feet in the covers. And when our feet get outside of the covers, sometimes in this day it would awake that person. But now Ruth is told to mark the place where Boaz would sleep. Now we know that Boaz would probably sleep near the grain to protect the grain. But think about this. What if Ruth had the attitude that some people might have today? Ah, yeah, whatever, I'll find it. And she didn't mark the place where Boaz was sleeping. And she's got to go down there, and now she sees these bodies of people, and she thinks, huh, I wonder which one's him. 
Can you imagine her lifting up the covers and looking? Oh, my bad. You're not him. Can you imagine her waking up all of these people trying to find Boaz? But she's got to take what Naomi is saying, and she's got to follow the instructions to know, hey, this is exactly where he's going to land, and i got to make sure that I make note of it. By the way, it would put her a little proudly out of her comfort zone. You know, for us, it put us way out of our comfort zone, <laughs> all right? But it put her a little bit out of her comfort zone. But there's a purpose. There's a purpose for the instructions. Do you know a lot of people just wing it in life? A lot of Christian people just wing it in life. You think about, we have purpose. We should have purpose. Our lives should be lived with intention. You think concerning what Paul told Timothy, exercise thyself unto godliness. Be intentional, Timothy. If you're going to be godly, Timothy, you must be intentional about being godly. You think about the purpose for our life. Let me ask it this way. What is your purpose in life? What are your goals? Where are you headed? What do you do on purpose? What do you want to be or where do you want to be in five years or in ten years? You see, Naomi was instructing Ruth on the proper way to have purpose. If you're going to initiate this thing with Boaz, here is what you have to do to make this thing happen. She went out of her comfort zone because she was living on purpose. Paul said this, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. What is for to you to live? You see, we can't just, the days will click by, the weeks will click by, the months will click by, the years will click by. And we don't just want to wing it in life and say, well, I'm just working my job and I'm just trying to do what, I don't know. No, no, we need to be intentional. We need to recognize that whatever you do for a living, uh, whether you uh, um, uh, work fast food or whether you're retired and everything in between, whatever we do for a living, that's not our primary purpose here in life. Our primary purpose is to live as Christ and to die is gain. And we need to be intentional about what we do for the Lord. Can I cl- conclude with a verse? Turn with me to Joshua chapter 1. And let me remind us of a verse here that we find in Joshua 1. Uh, you're familiar with it. And verse number 8. <clears throat> Joshua 1 and verse 8. The Bible says this. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Ruth needed Naomi. Naomi was a long-term believer. Ruth was a believer for a shorter amount of time. She moved to town. She needed Naomi to instruct her in the ways of the Lord, to instruct her and give her the instruction she needed if she was going to get in this situation with Boaz. And verse 5 says, Ruth did all that she said. 
and God blessed her. We'll see it next week as we look at number four will be practiced instruction. She did what she was told to do. You know what God promises us? If we will do what God tells us to do, do you know what? God will bless us as well. God created us. He knows what's best for us. The Bible is our roadmap for life. May God help us to not just haphazard and wing it in life, but to be intentional about what God wants us to do, walking with him and reaching people and using our life to count for all eternity. Let's bow for prayer. Lord, thank you for Ruth's obedience. Thank you for Ruth's desire to do what's right. Thank you, Lord, for Naomi and for her instructing of Ruth. Thank you, Lord, for the divine sovereign, we, divine sovereignty we see in this story. Lord, I pray that you would give us an attitude, all that thou sayest, Lord, I will do. Lord, I pray that you would work in our hearts. Lord, if there's areas in our life where we're not there, where we haven't said, I surrender all, take my life and let it be consecrated. Lord, would today every one of us leave with the response that Ruth had to Naomi, but that response to you, all that thou sayest, I'm going to do. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I want